Welcome to the Commission Client Podcast. These are the real and raw stories of people that use their health success and struggles to better lead and serve others. If your goal of getting healthy is to have a static achievement, you will always come up short. Instead, find purpose in your health gains and be commissioned to better serve your purpose. I'm your guide and host, Dr. Kurt Perkins, introducing you to the real heroes in healthcare, the people just like you. Thanks for listening. So, we have Matt and Shelley, unique stories, situations, another former employee. They all keep leaving me, but it's for good reasons. Um, so if you want to talk about your health journey, as I'm sure it's changed quite a bit, because it kind of started with you, Shelley. So. Uh-huh. Well, I think um, mine started um, years ago, actually, but I think the most poignant uh, one for me was in November of um, 2018. I went to a mental health conference and heard a neurologist talk called Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and a lot of her stuff was about um, the way we eat and not just using, actually not using at all pharmaceuticals to deal with our mental health. And so because of that, I started to research uh, different types of meat and processed, uh, unprocessed foods and wanted to really change the way that I was going to start eating uh, and the things I was going to put in my body. And I was on that part of a journey when um, I saw an advertisement for Dr. Kurt to come talk at Natural Grocers <laughs> and Monuments. And... Um, it was create your perfect diet. And I thought, oh my goodness, my perfect diet. This will be great. Yeah, who's that whack job? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'm going to have the answers to the world here. <laughs> anyway, uh, so no, I just, uh, I was hooked on just the whole thought process of, um, it's just started with changing my macros. And that whole thing really stuck with me and resonated. I set up a uh, initial call like a 15 minute call and then i set up um the from that i set up the initial appointment to go through everything and it just so happened at that point um you were looking for somebody to hire as your i guess receptionist and um i mean i can go on and on so (laughs) stop me anytime but anyway, I think for that's kind of how things got started for me, and then just learning so much about um, food and the effect it has, and the way you think and the way you move, and so. Gotcha. Yeah. So was it more just like optimal performance, or were you like having a problem you were looking to? I was definitely having mental health issues and weight issues due to the pharmaceuticals I was on. Yeah. So that was kind of my start of things and just yeah just hearing her initially talk about you don't have to be on pharmaceuticals to change these things um and then i mean it's been a whole journey a lot of things went into that but reading kelly brogan's book about a mind of your own as well and she's on the same page and she's a psychiatrist about not being on all these drugs so and then the drugs were definitely affecting my weight and that's kind of part of the reason i was doing things too is to drop some weight so did you ever bring that info to your treating physicians or psychiatrists or yeah I would bring up things like wow I'm really gaining weight you know from this medicine and well is your appetite up and I don't know we just kind of went around in circles about the whole thing or just the concept of like 
hey, food could help these conditions? Did you ever have those discussions or hmm. did you know it was a losing battle before you started? No, yeah, I just didn't. No, I didn't even address it. When I first started, I thought I'm going to have to be on pharmaceuticals and I'm going to have to eat well. I, I wasn't totally sold on the whole not pharmaceutical thing, to be yeah. honest. It wasn't until I started working with you in February, and I think it was around March or April that I, I think that's when I was reading Kelly Rogan's book, and I'm like, hmm, I think this might work, actually might be the way to go. So, yeah, so that's kind of when that happened. So she has all these new ideas, brings, <laughs> brings it to you, what you like, what's your initial reaction? What? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, she came home. Shelly, Shelly's a passionate and opinionated <laughs> person. Uh, but, I, you know, I think for me, it was being supportive. Like, I, I don't want to have a different diet than her. Like, if you're going to do this, you know, over the years, she's done all these different things, right? She's tried all these different things and and was willing to have me eat differently. But I'm like, whatever. Yeah, whatever you can do, I'm going to do. I mean, I, you know, our joke is she could give me rat poison. I would eat it. <laughs> I'd just do it. But... Um, but she, you know, I think when she came home and, and she felt like the, the light bulb turned on and she says, you need to change your diet. And I'm like, I'm thinking I'm a pretty fit guy and, and, uh, you know, I wasn't overweight and I was athletic and, uh, you know, thought I was pretty fit. I mean, I had high cholesterol. That was always the one thing, but I wasn't going to take medication for it. And my, my other doctor wasn't concerned about it. And so I was like kind of shell-shocked at first. And so then, she, you know, she started off with sugar. Like, you, you, you just, you eat so much sugar. And it was true. I, I, it was, I, I ate a lot of candy with my kids. We'd watch a movie and it was this, it was this constant hand-to-mouth. And I really realized that I, that, you know, after the fact, um, as I started to give it up, was, I was addicted. I was addicted to sugar. And, and uh, I didn't realize it. And... So I started, I, I literally just said, took baby steps. I weaned off sugar. I just, took, just started to eat less sugar, less candy while I watched movies. And then it was, I'm going to get off and use a substitute of something sweetened with honey because I still wanted to have that. And so I just kind of made steps over time. I started to see results. I wasn't looking to lose any weight, but uh, it just started to come down. It just started, I was like, oh, that's, that's amazing. And... And then uh, Shelley had brought up about uh, you know grains. Oh, we gotta get we should get off grains. Like grains. Like are you kidding me? And like <laughs> you know I like bread and I like I, I, I eat oatmeal a lot and and uh, so then it was okay. Well, let's start getting off grains. And so really got a lot of, a lot of grains. Um, didn't eat the oatmeal and, and started to change that. And then it was gluten. Because gluten is inflammatory. It's like, and I'm learning what she's learning and, and she's teaching me stuff. And so then we went to, okay, we're going to get rid of gluten. We're going to do that. And so that was the next part of the evolution. Yeah. And then she said, okay, now you need to track your food. I'm like, whoa, I am not ready for that. And I, and I was doing really well. I was losing, you know, I was losing weight. And, and uh, I said, I'm not ready for that. I want to interject here because now... He is the stickler for tracking and he drives me crazy because he has to weigh every single thing. And I'm like, ah. Um, so he kind of helps me stay a little bit on with that. So that's the funny part of that. Now. You created the monster. It's uh, all you yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So then I just started to, to, to look at the macros, right? And just to go that, you know, when, you know Dr. Kerr, we got together and just started looking at the macros. And I was inquisitive. I wanted to know. And, and so then I think when I started to track things, I really saw that, uh, I mean, I had definitely made some healthy changes and I was feeling better and I was taking supplements at that point and I was more clear-minded. Uh, I felt like I could do more. Uh, you know, talk about the fuzziness. I, I, sometimes I felt before, and even the staff that worked for me felt like I had ADD, but I don't, but it was I'm very driven, but I think that it was very environmental. I, I work in a very fast paced, constantly changing environment. And I, I think as I've changed my diet, have brought in a supplement regimen, it's just, I, I feel like I can do so much more. Um, it's just so much more effective. Yeah. Um, I can keep things more straight. And so then when I got to the macros, uh, you know, that was the icing on the cake. That's when I just really saw my diet, really saw my ratios, started to make those changes. And, you know, it's been amazing. I, I think about where I was a year ago at the end of January uh, to even about the lightest weight I hit. It was, I was down 18 pounds. And again, I was not an overweight guy. And that but was your college. I was my high school high weight. School. I'm in my high school weight right now as a 53 year old man I was say, like do you mind sharing your age so yeah 53 and I I, I, uh, I was in I was in high school and I was in my 150s I played college water polo at 155 and I'm under that right now awesome. today and it's, it's been great I feel feel a lot better have a lot more energy feel mm-hmm. feel great I think it's uh, just allowed me to have more energy to do the, the things and pursue some passions and just accomplish more so Cool. Um, so how's like your peer group and fa- other family and all that receive all this or have you pushed much with them? Yes. <laughs> We're big pushers <laughs> and we, yeah, it's kind of funny. I've offended people and had to go back and apologize. Sometimes we had a church marriage event and um, we carry kind of a bag of food with us. <laughs> So, because and I've always done that. That's kind of been my thing. That. I've always carried it before. And now he has better choices. I have good food in my bag. Yeah. Um, and so somebody made a comment, like, do you bring food with you everywhere you go? And I said, well, I'm not going to eat this stuff over there. And I got to look on their face. And Matt said, I think you probably need to go say something. And um, so we get, we get some pushback. But we also have friends asking, yeah. what are you doing? What we're changing. Can you help us? I mean, I have a friend calling me, um, you know, asking, what are you doing? And, you know, she actually just talked to you recently. So cool. she wants to know the stuff I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, we're really passionate about it. And, and, and the results don't lie. Right. If I look at it, and I say I feel better. I'm excited. If I if if something I can change is going to help and improve me. I would be selfish not to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody listens to it, you yeah. know, whatever it might be, whether it's just like investing or your faith or anything. There's some people that don't want to have anything to do with it, but there are some that are, wow, they see the changes in your life. And it's it's very clear. I and mean, when we look at Shelly, she's not on pharmaceuticals anymore. Mm-hmm. They look at me, and, and, you know, at my age and, and, and having the energy and the drive and, and, and the things that we're doing, I, I think mm-hmm. it says something. And it's, it's not that we're special people. It's just that we've we've changed and have done these things and so mm-hmm. i think people are noticing to be honest and when i have conversations with people i do share it both shelly and i are passionate and excited and opinionated about mm-hmm. it um but we also do have concern for people because we we see their issues their health problems their challenges and they may even complain about them and we're thinking gosh if you could only make some changes 
this would help. And so we share that with people. Mm -hmm. And now I even talked to uh, a, a young friend of mine. He's about 19 years younger than me. We have a great relationship. And I talked with him about his weight. And he had, after his first child, really gained a lot of weight. And I said, hey, can I give you some advice? And I said, you should really look at your macros. And we talked about that, your carbs, really cutting back your carbs, bringing in fat and stuff like that. And a week later, he said, you know what? Even just changing my carb ratio, bringing that down, uh, he, he had lost five pounds. Wow. And so, and he he used to be a college football player for a Division One school, and uh, a, a fitness trainer, so uh, a strength trainer, strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. And here he is already in a week going, yeah, thank you for that. I'm already, I'm, already, I'm already seeing the change. And so, you know, now I've got a foot in the door. Now we can kind of help him progress in his journey. So why do you think people are so resistant to change then? If it like, if he's experienced that quick in a week's time, like why? I don't know. I, I just think it's... Like my job's like, always an uphill battle. Yeah. Like, I think it's what we're sold. I yeah. think it's just the bill of goods we're sold in... I say the United States, but it's up there in other countries that food doesn't matter. You can eat whatever you want or diet and crazy or diet next or, or crazy diets. Like you have to go on a crazy weird diet. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what we're sold or the medical system that, oh, let's just give you some medicine or do a kind of a quick fix with medicine. And then yeah. like with me, <clears throat> I thought, oh my gosh, I have... Um, mental illness, bipolar actually is what I was diagnosed with, and um, I have to take pills to, to get better. And that's just all I can do. Yeah. And I think that's, it's just what we're sold. I think that's why people have a hard time. Yeah. There's a lot of propaganda. I think that that was the big thing as I, I've gone through this journey. You know, changing my diet, it was very clear. Okay, I'm changing. I'm seeing my body uh, respond. So, okay, this is good. But then I think as I, as I started to, to do my own study and started to watch some documentaries mm -hmm. on sugar and fat, and, and I just felt like the scales removed from my eyes to start to understand more. Like, wow, what's this, this thing called the food pyramid? Where did this come <laughs> from? How did this? And I just, I think it just opened me up to say, wow, there's just so much propaganda that, that we've been fed since we've been young and we've accepted and we haven't questioned. And then the media is so just pounding it that we go, okay. And so I, I think a lot of people get to your, your question is, we're just not educated. We're, we're getting educated from the media and the things that we see. And, and the reality is it's it's not a true education. It's when we, we, we kind of look under the covers and say, wow, where did this stuff really start? And so I think that that's, you know, that's huge. Yeah. And, and it takes effort. You know, it, it does take effort. It's easy to eat poorly. It's super easy to eat poorly, but it takes effort and planning and some dis and discipline to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat well." And it takes it does take self control. And like for me, I knew I lacked some, I lacked self control, so that's why I had to really take baby steps. Or if I tried to jump into it all at the beginning, I would have been overwhelmed. And I think that's what people try to do. They go, "Wow, I'm overweight. I feel I don't have energy." So they go on a crash diet and take your pick, the, the hottest topic that comes out every year, there's always a new diet. Um, I tell people, I'm not on a diet. I've changed my diet. This is how I, this is how I eat. And so I think that people just got to see that. So then I guess going back to 
your psychiatrist says you have bipolar and you get to a point where you're like, hey, I don't want to do these meds anymore. Like, what's his response to that? <laughs> well, yeah, it was, gosh, I'm trying to think of his exact wording, but um, <laughs> I think I was trying to explain, hey, I've really changed my diet. My diet, I'm seeing some help and I'm taking some supplements, you know, just for this time period to kind of help support my body. And I just remember this major pushback. Just basically, that's not possible. I mean, that's how I felt. I wouldn't say those are his words, but that's how I felt. And I would have bi-weekly meetings with him because that's just what I had set up for myself. And it was like a battle to say, I'd like to get off these medicines and let's... And he, and he said he would support me in that. He said he was going to. But then the more I tried to share these newfound things, I, I could just see... It wasn't going to go anywhere. And basically, I just went ahead and kept weaning. I mean, I was still getting his advice because I didn't want to have a, like a, I don't know, what, what do you want to call it? A incident or a... Burn the bridge. Yeah. Just in case that this wasn't going to work. I didn't want to completely burn the bridge. But there was a point that I just went ahead and weaned myself and uh, kept talking to him while I weaned myself. And then I ended up firing him, <laughs> to be honest, saying... I think I'm good. Like I've done this and you know, I think I'm going to be good. And so I kind of kept him for just some support just to be safe because it is a little scary because yeah. I've been sold this since <clears throat> the whole pharmaceutical thing since about 2000. <clears throat> and I've been in an on and off <clears throat> antidepressants since about actually it was 2001 or two. Anyway, uh, so it, on, on and off of them. And so I, I really, really had to decide that um it's, it was going to be possible it was to convince myself yeah. so does that make sense yeah. what i'm trying to say yeah it was 2001 uh, yeah you had postpartum depression and and that's when everything kind of started mm -hmm. it i mean it was yeah. it didn't start i think it just reared itself in a different yeah. way and so that's when the pharmaceuticals began yeah. and to be honest since i have been off them for it it was a year in april and i cannot believe how clear-minded I am. And I'm sure that I still have tendencies towards the mania and depression, but I, can, I, I have other things that I have in place too. So I really just monitor myself yeah. and I do the other things. I do the exercising, the riding my horse, the meditating, and there, and there is the diet, you know, and when I need supplements, I know we talk and I add or take away or whatever I need to do in certain seasons. Yeah, and I feel like I've really been able to yeah different person. just be stable. I I am I'm a totally different, different person. person. So it's been amazing. Cool. Have you met other people since like that have gotten off the pharmaceuticals and that, no, or? I just have people that are still on them, and I'm trying to say them. Gotcha. <laughs> um, no, I mean I met someone in your office that had bipolar, and she was off and doing well. And I was I was that also helped me because I was like, oh, she did it. Yeah. It is possible because you can ask people bipolar. They're like, there's no way I can do it without medicine. I mean, literally convinced. And I was too. So, yeah. You know, it's not only the, the, the mental stuff. I mean, I know that a friend of ours that, that we referred to you, he, you know, he, he was younger than me and he had some, some definitely health challenges, lots of pain oh. and oh, a yeah. very accomplished man who just a driver and, and, and just a, just an amazing guy. And, and, but he was in so much pain. And we said, hey, we got to go see Dr. Kurt. And I mean, he'd be a great guy to interview because I think it's, it's definitely changed his life where he's gotten off his medication and 
he's being able to do, to do things that uh, he couldn't do before or he did before, but he really suffered afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So then how are you using this? Like I know you guys, like my whole point or kind of my intent with patients is like, you fire me at some point and now you're the resource. <laughs> and I know you're trying it at work, Matt. Like yeah. you, you have like this culture, well, before the quarantine, all that type of stuff. You guys were putting like cultural um, emphasis on more health and wellness at, at your company. And you mentioned something about like a church group. Like how have you led into those things? Like what's, I don't know how to, what I'm asking, but like, yeah, like how do you catalyze into into those groups? Yeah, I, I think for me it's you when you, you see something work, it's just kind of a natural outflow. And I think you know I've had that thing. It's it's uh, I, you know this is great scripture that comes to mind for me, and it says out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. And so I think that you know for me I I've been really impacted. And it's, it's just changed me. And so I, I, I just naturally want to share it with people. And so whether that's a church group or my friends or, you know, at work where, where I see people, they're not healthy and they're making choices. And I can't go over that. I don't want to be judgmental or anything, but you, you have compassion on people. And so our, our culture initiative at our work, which has been going on from a grassroots level, just wanted to, to educate people. And I'll tell you, when we did the Lunch and Learn when you came out, it had a huge impact. People were, were that, that was, it was so great. There were definitely the naysayers in the group, but, the, <laughs> but there were people that, even that I invited to come out, and I remember one guy that I invited and he was in front of the vending machine at work. And I grabbed a flyer and I put it right in front of him on a vending machine. I said, you should come to this. <laughs> and I said, I don't want to guilt you out. And he was trying to do, and he sat there, he looked at me and said, okay, I'm not going to get anything out of the vending machine. I'm like, no, he goes, no, I'm convicted. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, just that stuff. It's just that I do think people, people know deep down inside. It just takes somebody to say it and just encourage them, you know? And I think that that's, that was my thing. It's just encouraging people and having compassion for people. There's so much more that we can get out of life and sometimes just mm. get bogged down because of have health and it, it, it prevents them. Yeah. So, you know, give, give them life to the full, really. So do you find the people at work in more a secular environment are more accepting or resistant composed compared to the church people? Because I grew up with the church people and mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure out why there's such a disconnect between like faith and health and all the... I, I think Great you're point. right. I actually see that. I think there's more resistance at church, right? Yeah, I I I, I, I really do. do, and I I don't know what the dis. What do you think it is? I don't know. Like I know for our friends, we're really focused on kind of the eternal and the spiritual things, and I don't know if they think, oh, I don't really need to worry about the food then or the health. Or I, I'm not really, but we see how it affects people actually spiritually. And so we've been talking about that and we actually want to uh, start a kind of a vlog and stuff yes. talking to people that are even a part of our church about how this really does affect your relationship and your walk with God and how it has totally changed our relationship with each other, relationship with God, relationship with our kids. Uh, 
I don't know. Like we yeah. we have a lot to say about all that. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what the disconnect is though. To get back to the question, it's a great question. I think that I think you kind of hit it. It's probably a prioritization. You know, you say, "Hey, I really want to be spiritual, and that's my number one goal." And I think that's that's great. That's what we're aiming for, but not at uh, the expense of not being healthy. And I, I, I'm going to think that you may get more resistance because it's just not as important. I'm going to work on these other things in my life, and that's not as important. You know, I'm accepted the way I am, and God accepts me the way I am, and people accept me the way I am. And there's absolute truth to that, and that's, that is true. Um, but it's about, I think, getting more out of it, right? Um, out of? Out of life, just mm. by changing your health. And I think that's that's our thing of, of that. It's, yeah, it's hard to articulate, but I, I just I just don't think it's a bit big of a priority. Hmm. You know, at work, at work, uh, you know, you, get, you can't do a lot of talking about faith and stuff. And so, but, you know, people are definitely open about health. I mean... People are eating all the time. You walk down the halls and you something's already, oh, it's always going on. And, you know. And, and in church, it's always, you have events and it's cookies and cake and carbs. And there's, you know, <laughs> yeah. we just go, goodness, you know, let's, I don't know. I mean, there has been some fruit added, so that's been nice, yeah. but, or veggies. So I think they try it, but I just don't think there's... Also, education about all of that. So. Yeah. You think the church as a whole would be open to that, or? Be open to changing the snacks out there. No, like just like the concept of health, or is that like in the church's mind too a woo-woo concept? Like it does that's new agey that or something to them. We're hoping to really change that. Again, I'm generalizing. Like every yeah. single denomination is well, yeah, a collective, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a. I think we really want to change that, actually, in, at least in our church. Yeah. Um, and gosh, if we could launch it to other churches, that'd be amazing. But I do, I do think you're right. It's just kind of a too out there concept, if that's what you mean by woo woo. Yeah, like I would say the term wellness was like that's I don't know some mystical like yes. Right. Like metaphysical view of something. Yeah, right. But if you look at it, I mean, there's scriptures about the body being our temple. It's housing the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's we're, we are called to take care of ourselves. And so I think that is, we want to teach more on that if, if possible, if given the opportunity. Yeah, yeah I think it's uh, one of the core things, right? Mind, body, soul, and spirit. The body. You know, we, we, you see the really fit guys and gals that are, you know, in great shape. And, you know, you see a 20-year-old that's, you know, totally buff and, and uh, you know, hitting the gym and doing all that. But for a 40-year-old, 50-year-old, you look at that, that's not realistic. And, but when you start talking about diet, that is realistic. It's just normal, everyday things. And I just think that, you know, to your question is that, it's just got to be a catalyst. Somebody's got to stand up and say, this is important. Just like when, when at church, you talk about spiritual things, but when you talk about, there's times when we go to financial seminars. Hey, here's how you should create a budget. Here's how you should spend your money. Here's how you should do this. You know, like Dave Ramsey, one of a great guy to, to, to learn about financial management. 
Okay, and then there's some spiritual concepts, and we, we, we chop at the bit for that. Or, oh, it's parenting. Let's talk about parenting. And we spend a lot of time and effort about parenting, because that's important. And so, but then when it kind of comes to the body, it's like nobody's standing up and leading the charge. Mm. I do think people want to hear it, but what? who are the examples out there? And you can't look at a 20-something-year-old to be the ones to do it, because it's like... That's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> spend yeah. two hours in the gym every day. Yeah, it's not going to happen, right? But I think, like that's why I think for Shani, I have a passion. Is you know, in our forties and fifties, to be able to say, you can make it. You can make a, a difference, and it's just daily decisions that will change your life. Cool. So your kids are grown. You can't change what you did with them, but. How will you try to influence when they have kids someday? Because that's where I get, like, I get mm. the in-between generation. They're like, ah, oh, crap, I wish I could go back with my own kids and do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But now they're like, I see what they're feeding my grandkids, and I'm not like, I can't say anything. Like, have you guys thought about that at all? Or Yes. Or talk to your boys about that? Mm, probably we'll have some <laughs> conversations with them. I mean, I'm already praying for my future daughter-in-laws that they'll be receptive. <laughs> To be honest, I think it's the example, though, right? Because I I do think that it's made an impact on Stephen. It has on our youngest, who's eighteen, and and uh, you know, there's a saying about um, that that much more is caught than taught, and I think that we can teach them what we've learned, but it should be more of caught in the sense that they see it like, Mm. wow, my dad's in great shape. My dad plays soccer with. You know, people in their twenties and early thirties, and uh, that that I'm I'm hoping that those things are an impact on him, so that as he gets older, so they want to be able to have mm-hmm. an, a healthy, active lifestyle. That's kind of my big thing: a healthy, active lifestyle. That they see that, and I, I think it, they're going to get it. I mean, Stephen definitely sees it. In fact, he had said something like, "Oh, your the way uh, your diet." He goes, "Oh, not your diet, Dad, but the way you eat." He literally <laughs> said that last night. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting it. Yeah. So. And I thought about, I actually have thought about, so when I have my grandkids over, well, it's going to look totally different. It's just going to be totally different. Holidays are going to be different. It's not going to be all the cookies and cakes and it's just going to be different. And so I was trying to think, gosh, I'm going to have to think of really creative ways to make these things fun without all the junk. (laughs) Yeah. So I have actually thought about that. Yeah. So that's how I'll try to impact it. And I think, yeah. Cool. Have you ever had any, like, I want to give up moments? So I don't think I've had really a I want to give up moment, but I will, th- I do think it over the holidays was kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of thought, well, I can have a little bit of this. <laughs> I, mean, I can have a little bit of that. And I just did not do well. I got really sickly feeling and kind of the depression feeling again. And so when I say a little bit of this, a little bit of that, I'm talking about sugar. Yeah. And... I think it was, I don't remember what I tried and what I was having, if it was cookies or, I can't remember exactly, but it was somebody with sugar, because I remember specifically walking into your office and talking to Susan and saying, do you ever cheat and just have sugar? And she was like, no, don't do that. And I'm like, oh man, I'm trying it. And then I just remember, I just hit this wall (laughs) of just not feeling good. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think that was probably the closest I got to, I, I haven't really felt like giving up. I just feel like I tried to kind of dabble and it wasn't really worth it yeah. to be honest. Um, and it was just way too much. I'll have a little sugar here and there. Like I have dark chocolate or I have stuff, yeah. but I'm saying it was 
it was too much. And so I don't know if you felt that way. Yeah, I, I think it's just at times, you know, especially when you, you get kids that have, have the candy, right? And, and knowing that that was my addiction and, and uh, it, it's hard not to um, just want to do it. But, you know, they'll, they'll say, hey, just try one. I'm like, no. And I'll just, no, I don't. Because I, I think that if I give into that, then it's just going to, it's going to create yeah. that desire for it. And so um, I have a sweet tooth. I mean, that's just, it, it is, but I, I'm learning that there's alternatives and that I just have to have alternatives, not just white knuckling it and total self-denial and self-discipline. I have to have an alternative, something. So instead of having something that's all sugar, um, you know, early on it, I got something sweetened with honey and I just, okay, that, 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 that stopped my craving and it yeah. satisfied me. So it's just trying to find those things. And so the holidays, yeah, it's going to look a little different, but there's so many opportunities out there, but yeah. Yeah, it gets, it gets hard. I think, you know, one thing I introduced in my journey was um, intermittent fasting. I don't like to fast. <laughs> I do not like to fast. I've always struggling when I want to do it for a spiritual thing. I've always, it's always been hard and it's, that's true self-denial. But, you know, I've been doing that the last several months and it's been going great, but it, it, it definitely sometimes go, oh, I don't want to do this. But um, again, you got to go back to the results. If I am starting to see physical results and and just everything that comes with it, it it's motivating yeah so it kind of curves that temptation so then what have you been like things you found like so i remember one of the first things you're like we're beer people like oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot don't about say that. that like like not to be like indulgent but it's just like you sure. like trying like all because we have a ton of micro breweries in town all yeah. the, like so how'd you did you find alternative beers or did you just yes. like sorry totally cut it out or we dabbled we actually dabbled with we're like okay we just won't have it for a month and we'll go have it we'll go right like we'll go have a beer yeah and then kind of cut when it when we had the beer we had oh well we'll go and do the pizza too and they didn't have gluten-free <laughs> crust i remember that specifically yeah. and we did that and we and oh my gosh we felt so horrible for about at least i did i don't know if you did but i did not feel good for a couple days i'm like that okay that wasn't worth it and so we would dabble in having beer here and there and then i just started feeling like okay this isn't worth it because i wasn't feeling good after and then we found some good gluten-free beers actually um and we just uh but then we have to be careful with the carbs with that too so we're yeah yeah yeah, so we've kind of taken. I mean, that, that was so something hard at the beginning. Cold turkey. It was actually hard for quite a while. Yeah, because I think it was a. It was to be a. Honest. It was a thing we'd go out on a date and do that together. We were doing a tour, a brewery tour of the springs, and so that was our. We were having fun doing that. Yeah. And it was entertainment. It was our entertainment. And, and I again, ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> like ruined it. It's like one or two beers. That we really missed that. But you, you know, I think as we bonded over that, it was just great to go out and have great talks and do that. Mm-hmm. But we we can we've just pivoted into something else you, you know there's a lot of other things that we can do together that we don't have to have that so we just don't do it very much anymore and now now it's like we've you know now we're doing uh smoking meat and doing that and trying to go oh wow this is let's try smoking this chicken let's try doing this and mm-hmm. and so this is you know something else that we can you know get passionate about and bond over and have fun doing and <laughs> And eat well, you know, and make yeah. good choices. And now that we don't have a few uh, favorite gluten-free beers, and we have a couple places we like to go yeah. and have that, because sometimes 
I don't know. That just hits the spot. It does. Especially on a hot summer day or whatever. So So what brands? I know people always ask me, like, because I'm not a beer guy. Like, it just doesn't taste good to me. Like, what's... There's one brand Omission. Omission is one of the name brand ones. Uh-huh, but Omission. then there's a brewery downtown that we've been to a couple times. Do you remember the name? They have a good, good free beer on tap all, at all times. Phantom Canyon. No, no Fieldworks. Um, Fieldworks. I can't remember the, the two two letters of the thing. Fieldworks. But. Okay. So Omission's like a national brand. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. They're they're the, a bottling company. Uh huh. Yeah. And then locally, Phantom Brewer. No, no Phantom. It's like FJ Field FH Fieldworks or. We can get back to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I can put it in the show. So there's that the one, yeah. and then BJ's Brewery on um, Nevada has, uh, a lot of times they'll have gluten-free beer on tap. Oh, okay. But most places sell a, a bottle, and a lot of time it's Omission. Omission is yeah. the brand. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so most places, or it you can do so, cider. It tastes okay for Yeah, we actually people. like it. Yeah. No, we really yeah. do like it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. But cider would be the other choice. Cider would be the other choice, but the, then you have to. Yeah. No, I would just say like for. No, it would be another choice. Like one of those transition points. For sure. Sure. Like, sure. Like, and there's and some other alcohols that. too. There's yeah. some other alcohols that are, are gluten free yeah. that, that you know, have to you have to just look at them. So, uh, like a vodka, right? So uh, I'm sure you like to have vodka. So, okay, well, what's it gonna be made out of? And so there there are alternatives to that. Yeah. And so. And I just find that I don't have it as much as I used to either. Now that I fine tuned everything, gotten off pharmaceuticals and fine-tune my diet, I really feel the effects of alcohol so much more. Yeah, And so I actually just don't typically drink. I mean, I used to have, I used to drink two or three times a week um, and sometimes more. And now maybe once a month, uh, and then maybe a special, in a special occasion, special occasion, just because of how it affects me personally. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of changed that too. I've always been with it of, of why do I want to sabotage my hard work? <laughs> you know, I mean, before I, my health journey when I was working out and uh, with a friend doing, you know, working out at 5, 5, 5.15 in the morning and I just got off alcohol because I was like, why do I want to sabotage my hard work? And then I tainted you know? him back to That's right. Now we're both back, back to the dark side. To, now yeah. we're both back to the alcohol. <laughs> right. <laughs> um... What's the biggest life challenges? Like, has there been any unpredictable moments that just derailed stuff or? Mm-hmm. With our with our <laughs> diet, you mean? Yeah, since you've actually like kind of honed things in and. Yeah, I think the diet has pretty much, except for Christmas, has stayed pretty on point. But I think um, having extra stresses of changing jobs and kid stuff. Hey, you didn't know how easy it was at my office, did you? Yeah, right? Come on. <laughs> um, brought in extra stressors, so I had to kind of um, hone other parts of my life a little bit more. Gotcha. Maybe a little bit different supplementation. We talked about tanning. We just, just different things I had to shake up. Um, but I wouldn't say the diet ever got completely derailed. Do you? Except Christmas, like I talked to the holidays. Oh, I, I will say, I, I think it was last July, I went ahead and started, I was didn't do any alcohol from probably February of last year through July, and then in July, I thought, okay, I'll start adding back alcohol, and oh my gosh, I drank every day, because <laughs> I was at vacation, on vacation, oh, yeah. Yeah. and I came back so not well, so not feeling good, mm. it was just way too much too quickly, um, kind of took a break, but then I kind of kept having several drinks mm. a week, and... Um, 
that didn't really help me at that time. Yeah. And so since I've really cut it out, I'm really kind of back. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more Does that kind of answer to your question? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm more routine. I think it's just got to be routine. And so, you know, being forced to come home and... Yeah, I was going to say about the routine of not going to work in the right. office, but you have to come home now for the... Mm. the Corona stuff. Absolutely has changed. Like even with exercise, I always had an hour and a half blocked out of my schedule, just blocked out. And I wouldn't always do it every day, but I would move it. But then, you know, that would lead to, okay, well, when I'm going to work out, it's going to predict what I'm going to eat because I had a certain routine. But I think having been home the last several months, it's, mm. uh, you know, and I'm intermittent fasting. I'm having a sense to start things later and I don't get enough calories. And so it's just adjusting and being aware of that because I think with the COVID, we're in the computer industry, I'm working just so much and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten and it's two o'clock and, you know, I need to do that. So, yeah. Um, I think that that's been a little bit of a challenge, mm. but, uh, you know, traveling, uh, has, has been a challenge, uh, at times, but you know, I think that that's where I can get sentimental, but I don't, and it's just, I just stick with it. And I'm usually traveling with somebody, um, or having dinner with them when I'm on, on, on a work trip. And again, it's another opportunity to mm. say, yeah, no, I'm going to eat this. And, you know, you make your changes to the, to the meal and it sparks conversation like, well, why are you doing that? And yeah. it's it's great. It actually becomes a great dinner conversation, to be honest. And it it really does uh, open the door for people. So. Do they regret asking? Like sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'll, I'll answer for him sometimes. Yeah, I got I got to temper it. I get I get excited. But, yeah, because yeah, you know he can talk. That's true. That's true. That's true. What's the most like impactful thing you've learned of like kind of looking over the past I don't know eighteen months. What's the one thing you'd probably take away from everything? Mm, that is a very tough question. To teach your future grandkids. Hmm. Well, I, I think for me it was just make small changes. You, you just, just got to make <clears throat> you got to make incremental changes. And my personality is when I see something, I really want to go after that, and <clears throat> I could be unrealistic in, in the pursuit of that. And so I think what I've learned is that small changes on a consistent basis are going to get me where I need to go because I can be all in. I'm going to be super extra, dis ultra disciplined. Yeah. And a friend of mine said, why don't you just start with being disciplined? Oh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And so I think with the diet, I, you know, changing, it's little changes over time. And once I had that, that thing, I got it, then I could go on to the next thing. And, and that's how, for me, I've been successful going through this is that it's just been one thing, get it, master it, if you will, get the next thing and just keep doing that. And, and then I see the changes. So that's, that's the biggest thing that I've learned with that. I, I also have to say, if, get educated, educate yourself and do your own study, do your own research, look at the, look at the data, mm -hmm. um, you watch documentaries, read books, just do the research and don't just give into the the popular media and the, the things that blare on the TV. Just really go and check it out for yourself. So what are some of your go-to resources then? Because people can be like, well, everything's so conflicting of each other and like, mm -hmm. who do I trust and blah, blah, blah. Like, mm, that's a good point. So do you have like, I know you mentioned Kelly Brogan's book is like, one of your top resources. Do you have a specific one or are you just kind of 
Well, I learned a lot from Michelle. Most of that, she's she's the avid reader. I'm like, just give me the just distill it out for me and let <laughs> me know what I need to know. Right. <laughs> I certainly, I think talking with you when I, I go in because I want to understand and and learn. So be inquisitive with that. You know, for me, I, I I've gone on to uh, you know streaming media like Amazon and, and Netflix, and I I honestly have just looked for content out there and just have watched it and this I just see these resonating themes constantly and I look at the look at the data of the obesity rates the diabetes which is something I've been look, looked at recently and I'm you see these consistent underlying causes and themes and so that's what I do and I, I think that that's been that's been really helpful and um, you know it, it reinforces the things that I've, I've just been learning and the things have been changing. Any other resources for you? Um, I mean, I know everything, so I guess you just ask me. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. I'm just no. kidding. No. No, um, no, I think it's reading those books. I kind of go back to them at times. I think anything I try to watch, the filter is, does this really jive with like functional medicine approach, to be honest? like I don't think it's conflicting once you have that kind of filter. Right. I, then I don't think it's confusing. <clears throat> gotcha. I think it gets confusing when you're trying to mix what the medical world says versus like what functional medicine says. So that's kind of a distilled version of where I'm trying to go with what yeah. I'm saying. But So um, you put it through that lens then? I put it through that lens. So when we're watching something, I'm putting it through the lens. I, I am recent, I'm recently listening to an audiobook called The Omnivore's Dilemma. Mm-hmm. And it was a book, I think out in 2006, we talked about it. Yeah. I'm reading, I'm, I just tend to kind of keep up on those kind of things. Uh, um, and just listening to like uh, topics about our industrial food in our country, I'm very interested in that kind of stuff. So I'm doing audiobooks or I'll read or um, I'm always doing research. So I think that's a good book though. Omnivore's Dilemma is good. Cool. Yeah. Then I guess finally, like, um, like if I'm sure you encourage encounter all this, but if there's someone discouraged or feeling hopeless, like what would be your like prime advice to them? Discouraged about just like overall life or... Yeah, say so they're trying to like change health, but like it's not... It, it or takes, they just don't know where to start or where yeah. like... It takes time. It, it takes time. And... But you, but you can do it like you can... It, you can do it. It might not just be automatic. It isn't a quick fix. It isn't a quick thing. But if you... I promise it'll be worth it if you do the small changes. But I'm a person that actually I have to be all in. So if you're an all in person, like dive in because it's so worth it. That's what I did because I'm different than Matt. I tried to get him to dive in and that didn't go well. He had to make the small steps. Um, So I think if they're feeling hopeless, just it really does make a huge difference making these changes. And um, it's so worth doing. And even though it doesn't feel like it's working, if you're in a really bad place, like it is. Just have to trust the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. Take say? steps. You know, and it, it, there's a saying that the, you know the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. It's like take the step. Mm-hmm. You got to take a step. It's just small things, and I, I think that if somebody's discouraged, you know, from my my approach would be not to to overwhelm them with all this research and knowledge and data that, that we've accumulated over the last year and a half and, and and all the lifestyle changes we've made, but is to say, hey, change one thing, 
pick it, change one thing, and, and, and get that and, and master that. So I think that, that that's, that's kind of the approach that, you know, that I would take. Pe- people have got to um, make a decision that they want to get well. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to get well. Yeah. Cool. So you said you have a vlog or you're thinking about starting one? We're, we're going to start one. Okay. We think we have the name. <clears throat> Can I say the name on this podcast? Sure. Dietuality. Dietuality. So diet and spirituality. Okay. So, yeah. So. Yeah, really. Yeah, mind, body, soul. So we can link back to it and all that fun that stuff. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Commission Client Podcast. If you found that hopeful, inspiring, or entertaining, we would love some iTunes love. And as all podcasters request, please subscribe to our show and your favorite podcast listening app. I'm Dr. Kurt Perkins, toasting you to a life of more health and less health care.